So it's been a while since we had small groups. So does anyone remember what we're doing in small groups or what we're talking about on Friday nights? Becoming like Jesus, yes. So does anyone remember what we've talked about, what we talked about in term one? It's term two, just if you didn't know. So it's been a while. But what, does anyone remember what we talked about in term one? This is where it's always awkward because if you don't remember, that's awkward. We talked about becoming like Jesus. Okay, what did we talk about specifically? Ryan. We talked about, yes, we talked about salvation. Yes, being saved. We talked about the gospel. Yep. David? Yeah, you're reading the slide. Okay, but we're going to get there. We talked a little bit about Jesus and who he is and what he does. Do you remember anything about Jesus that we talked about? The things that he's he did or who he is? I mean, you can just like say anything, hopefully, because I mean, hopefully you know Jesus more about Jesus a little bit. He died and rose again. Okay, yeah. He basically trolled death. Trolled death, okay, yeah. Who was Jesus? Some guy. Oh, the son of God. Son of God. Some, he was some guy, but he was also the son of God, yeah. Okay, what else? Yeah, figure that one out. Mathematicians. Yeah, he was 200%. Okay, cool. Okay, so what we're going to do tonight is um, we're just going to review the few things that we talked about in, in term one. And we're going to look at just a few of the things we touched on and then kind of lay the groundwork for what we're going to talk about um, in term two. And we're continuing to look at Jesus and what it means to, to become like Jesus um, but I want to, I want to just rem remind us back or take us back to the things that we, um, that we learned last term so that we have in one sense, a context or a foundation to, um, to where we're going. So we began with the, the goal, the goal of our time on Friday nights is, you know, the series is becoming like Jesus. So the goal is that you that we would know Jesus, have a relationship with him, and then in a relationship that we would grow to become more like Jesus. So in the way that we act, in the way that we speak, in the way that we live. And so we've spent time answering questions, like answering questions to, to kind of bring us to that goal of who is Jesus, what has he done, um, and, and how, who is he, what has he done, and then how can we, in our relationship with him, become, become more like, like him? And my heart for you and for us is that you would grow in your relationship with the Lord. Some of you may have, have committed your life to the Lord, and we've talked, we talked a little bit about that. We've talked about salvation, you know, confessing with our mouth, believing with our heart that Jesus is the Son of God, that he came, that he died, that he rose again. And so... Um, some of us have, have given our life to Christ, and so we now have a living, existing relationship with Jesus. 
Other, other of us may have not done that, and we still are trying to get to know who is Jesus and, and, bef- and leading up to steps to potentially having that relationship with him. And so we, the first thing we talked about was the gospel. TJ mentioned that. And we, we looked at that it's, it means the good, the good news. And we looked at that the gospel is for sinners. And if you look in the Bible, and we, we read in the Bible, and it, you know, in Romans it tells us that all have fallen short of the glory of God. That means that we're all, we all don't reach the standard of God. And so because we don't reach the standard of God, we are a sinner. We fall short. And so the goal of the gospel, the goal of Jesus coming and dying and God sending his son Jesus to come and die and rise again is that we would be able to have a relationship with God. Does this all sound familiar? For some of you who maybe have grown up in the church, you're like, okay, that sounds familiar. But again, I want to refresh all of us because we're all coming from maybe different stages of understanding these things. And so we looked at salvation. We looked at the, the three tenses of salvation. That when we confess with our mouth and believe with our heart, we are declared right before God. And so we are then saved from the punishment of sin. Romans tells us that when, when we are saved and we're, we've given our life to him, then um, we, we are saved from the punishment of sin and the punishment of sin is what? Death. Death. That's true. So that's that first stage of salvation. And then as we are in a relationship with God, a living relationship with him, and that's what we're, we're working our way towards looking at is we, are, we want to become more like him. So Jesus is, has a perfect likeness. He has a character. He has attributes. And so do we. But we are sinners, and he is God. And so that part of the salvation is that we want to become like him. We want to be his likeness. We want to have his attributes, to have his character. And so in that moment, we are, and in this life, as we live here on earth, we are being saved from the power of sin. And the Holy Spirit is shaping us and helping us to be more like Jesus. And that's this process that we're looking at. And then one day when we're in, when we're in heaven and we stand before God, we will be glorified, we'll have glorified bodies, and we will be saved from the presence of sin. Sin will not exist in heaven. And, you know, if you have had any experience with sin, you can say, praise the Lord, amen, that sin won't be in heaven. Because sometimes it feels like sin just kind of is choking us here on this earth. That it's all, there's always a temptation to do something wrong. There's always a temptation to be led astray. And so... One day we'll be glorified and we'll be saved from the presence of sin. And so we looked at the gospel. And so, I mean, my encouragement to you is, um, I know for a lot of you, you have given your life to Christ. For some of you, I don't know if you have. And so I, I want to challenge you as we looked at the gospel that that's something for you as it is for me. <laughs> like the gospel is for all men, all women, no matter how good, how bad, how ugly we are, you know? And even how maybe good we think we are, you know? Um, That Jesus' sacrifice on the cross is enough for all of us. And so if you have not 
given your life to Christ in that way of confessing with your mouth and, and believing with your heart. Yes, there's honest, there's the sinner's prayer that you'll pray, but it's not something you just verbally say. It has to be something that is the, the meaning of your heart. And so if you haven't done that, then pray and consider that. And if you have any questions or even wonder, like, have I done that? Have I not? I remember when I was young, sometimes I would be like, am I saved? Like, I prayed this and did this, and, and I would still question things. And so it's okay to question those things. I encourage you to talk to like your small group leader or you can talk to myself. Um, it's, we don't expect you to figure every, have everything figured out. I certainly didn't. And, um, and there is a beauty and a comfort in being secure and knowing those things. Okay, so the first question we answered was, what is the gospel? The second question we answered is, who am I becoming? Do you remember that? And we talked about this idea that the world or our influences, our peers, our teachers, our schools, our families, ourselves, you name the influence, are constantly shaping us or having an effect on who we are, whether you're aware of it or not. And so I kind of remember I kind of said like, you are, you know that phrase, you are what you eat. You know, like if you have a diet of, you know, McDonald's every day and then, you know, you have KFC on the weekend, that's your diet, then you're eventually going to start to grow sideways and your heart is probably going to die soon, right? Okay? But if you live healthy and eat the right things, then you'll be, say, healthier. You might be able to exercise better, run better, and so on. It's that principle that the things that we, the things that we do, the things that we think, the things that we're exposed to, the things that influence us, and we all have them, will affect who we are. And so really the things we do and the influences that we have, they do something to us and they build our identity. So you can probably think yourself, the people that you spend time with, have you ever like spent time with people so much that you start talking like them and then you like catch yourself and you're like, this is weird. I don't usually say these things, but I'm saying them just because I'm with these people. Do you guys have that? So that's the idea. And even the, the physical like, and mental part in our brains of the more we do something, the more we want to do it and the more it becomes normal and natural and becomes a pattern. And those can be good things, but they can also be bad things. And so the question we, I asked was, who are you becoming? I asked that question because if we have the goal that we want to become like Jesus, right, then we have to look at, like, if this, say, like, this way is to become like Jesus, this is the path and the direction of becoming like Jesus, then we have to ask ourselves, what direction are we going in? You know, are we going in my own direction, the direction of, I don't know, the way that my, my parents want me to do or the way that I'm being shaped by school and friends or am I going in the way that, that Jesus wants me to go? And so the, I asked the question, you know, who are you becoming by the things that you're doing? And that was, that's a really challenging question and I don't want you to forget that because I want you to think and pray yourself about the things that you do, the people that you spend time with, 
the things that influence you because they affect you, whether you like it or not. I mean, the Bible tells us that bad company corrupts good morals. So the company you keep can affect where your trajectory is. And so as we want to become like Jesus, you have to ask yourself, honestly, who am I becoming? And then the last thing we did as we closed at the end of the, the term is we asked the question, who is Jesus and what does he do? And if our goal is to become like Jesus, right, we need to know who Jesus is. There's nothing more terrible than trying to become like someone who you do not know anything about. You don't know what they do. You don't know what they look like. You don't know what they teach, what their characters are like, how they speak. And that's the reason why we looked at who is Jesus and what did he do. And so we looked at, you know, Jesus of Nazareth. And as, as James says, he was 100% God and 100% man. And so he was the son of God. He was the promised Messiah. He was the Christ. And he was, came in human flesh. And that's, you know, for Christmas, we remember Jesus coming in human flesh as, as a baby and living on earth. He was born of a virgin and lived a full life on earth. And we can read of his life in the Gospels. And if you don't know the Gospels, it's the, you split your Bible in half and you get towards the end. There's the New Testament and Old Testament. The, old, the New Testament, the first four books are the Gospels, the good news. And they're all about Jesus's life. And I wanna encourage you, if you don't know a lot about Jesus, then read those because you'll learn who is Jesus. And so I pointed out a few things that he was a carpenter, that he was, that was sort of his trade. He, he went to synagogue and he learned, um, he was educated, he studied the scriptures, he memorized the scriptures. And then eventually when he became of age, probably about the age of 30 or so, he became a teacher. And that's where he started seeing men around him and saying, John, come follow me, or like, Judas, come follow me, Matthew, come follow me, and he picked 12 men to follow him. And that's the idea that we as disciples or followers or students of Jesus, we follow him. And so he became a teacher. And then we looked at three things that Jesus did. We learned... Um, and we learn these from the, the four Gospels. And the first thing was he walked in his father's will. So he grew up physically, mentally, intellectually. And he, had, he was always aware of his relationship with his father. And he came to do the will of his father. Second thing, he met human needs. We look at the Gospels, right? We learn of all the miracles. You can read through those four books. What are the miracles that you see? He fed the 5,000. He, he healed people who were blind, who couldn't speak. He raised a guy from the dead. That's pretty crazy, eh? He calmed the storm, and, and kind of the list goes on. And the third thing is he taught people. And so it'd be many times where he would sit down and he, in front of a bunch of people, and he would teach them. Sometimes he would teach many, but sometimes he would teach just a few. And so... Those are kind of the things that we've worked through. Now, this week, 
we're going to look at something just quickly, and then we'll go into small groups. And I want you guys to turn in your Bibles to um, Mark chapter um, 3. And um, if you don't know where that is, um, it's in the, the second half of the book, probably, well, last third of the book, and there's the New Testament, and then there's the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And so Mark is the, the second book in that New Testament. And if you turn to chapter 3, and then um, we're going to read a few of the verses here. And so to, tonight we're going to start looking at what is this idea of, of discipleship. You might have heard it, whoa, in, um, I don't know, within church or um, even within family or, or other things here at youth. Um, and so we're going to kind of look at what is discipleship and then really look at it, what is it defined, um, what is it as modeled by Jesus, and then kind of almost look at the structure of um, the educational system back then as a model for discipleship. And this hopefully is going to set us as an example for then us to model as we follow Jesus and as we want to become more like Jesus. So is there anyone that wants to read? Sadie, man, she's always ready to read. So if you want to read verses 13 and uh, we'll read to verse 19. Good luck with all the names. Okay. And he went up on the mountain and called to him those he himself wanted, and they came to him. Then he appointed twelve that they may be with him, and that he might send them out to preach, and to have power to heal sicknesses and to, and to cast out demons. Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James, the son of Zebedee, and John the brother of James, to whom he gave the name Boandrus, <laughs> that is the son of thunder, <laughs> Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of Al, whatever, Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Is Iscariot, who also betrayed him, and they went into a house. Now this. Okay, so right in the beginning there, in verse 13, who is it talking about when it said, and he? Jesus. How do you know? Oh, that's a cheeky answer. Okay, so Jesus went on the mountain, and he called to himself those um, he wanted. And so here we have the... The 12 disciples are named. These were 12 men that Jesus chose to follow him, to study with him, to learn under him. Now, what did he choose them for? So what were the really two things that he, the purpose in which he chose them? If you look at the scriptures. Okay, he probably wanted some friends, yeah. What do we learn from the scriptures about why he, what did he, the purpose he chose them? Okay, that he might send them out to preach. Yeah. What else? Yep. He, 
that they would have the power to heal sicknesses and cast out demons. And yeah, and that they might be with him. So really these things here, he, he, he went to pray, then he appointed these 12 men, and the reasons were that they might be with him, spend time with him, follow him, learn from him, and then that he might send them out to preach and to have power to heal sickness and cast out demons. So this is kind of, this here is the start of, of Jesus here as a, as a teacher, as a rabbi, um, choosing his disciples. Now, within the church, discipleship can be kind of like a buzzword that you kind of say. A lot of people throw it a lot around and it sounds kind of cool. And, but a lot of the times people don't necessarily know what it means. And so the best way to look, figure out what it is, is one, to look at the scriptures and see what can we learn from here. But the, but the interesting thing is that, and yes, discipleship is modeled for us in the four gospels. If you want to learn about what it means to disciple or to learn from someone, look at the scriptures in the gospels because Jesus is the ultimate example. But Jesus didn't necessarily invent this concept of discipleship. It wasn't like a Jesus-only thing. He wasn't the first teacher or rabbi, and he wasn't the last who had a group of students who would follow him and learn from him. He, it, what, he did it, yes, and these were his students, but he wasn't the only one, bless you. And so... We will look at Jesus as the example for discipleship in what he did as a teacher and students following him. But I wanted quickly to look at really what Jesus, so if we were back with Jesus when he was a teacher and a rabbi, how the people who were, who were studying at school in those days, how it would have looked like for them and how that fit into the picture of what Jesus was doing here in terms of having people follow him. And so if that's our goal, we want to know Jesus, we want to have a relationship with him, and then we want to become like him. It's, I want us to look at Jesus as the disciple maker, but really looking and back at in that first century when Jesus was around and Jesus was became of age to become a rabbi and a teacher and people were following him, what was it like? And, and, and I really want to do this because it paints a beautiful picture and a good picture for us about the, the full nature and picture of what it means to follow Jesus. Because sometimes we think following Jesus, what is that? Oh, I follow Jesus. I go to church on Sundays and I read my Bibles on Easter, you know, or I pray a prayer every now and then. And yes, those are all great things. But when you look at this and we look at, we're going to look at really three stages of the, the Jewish educational system. You're like, no, not education school. We're just going to look quickly at this. And you're going to, we're going to see that the stages that led to someone being a disciple or a follower of a teacher, and the picture of it, it was full on. It was all consuming. It's all you did. And so 
let's quickly go through through these. Um, and I just encourage you to listen and kind of think about this. And then as we go week by week, we're actually going to bring the scriptures into this and we'll look at how Jesus did these things. So the three educational, like the levels that they had in school, which is kind of like us. We have primary school, we have, you know, intermediate, and then we have high school. So the first level was kind of elementary school was you began learning at like age four and five, like we do. Now, st students would learn to read, write, do math like we do from, from the basic book. And in, in this case, they were learning from the Bible. They were specifically learning the first five books, the Torah, in the, in, here in the Bible. So you, if you want to look at those, that's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Now, in those years, four or five, all the way to about 12, they would memorize those books. There's a lot of text there. And they would learn that, they would study it, read, write, do the general education. Now, most kids would finish at that point, and that would be the, 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 the finishing of their education. Um, ladies would go off and have children. <laughs> and men would become like tradies and learn under their dads. That was kind of where you went. But the next stage was kind of like secondary school, was higher level education. Now really the best of that class, those younger kids, some would go and, and become tradies or, or begin to have families, but some of them who were the brightest, the smartest, the best students would move on to this level. And here they would go to, to a synagogue or to, to a temple and they would sit and they would learn under a full-time teacher. And these were age, anywhere age from 12, 13, 14, 15. And they would memorize a lot more of the scripture. They would look into the prophets and the, the history. And they would learn this again while they were doing their trade. Now again, most would not only a few would come really into this level, and then at this point, most people would be done. But the sort of third level, or the, the pinnacle of the, their educational system, would be to become an apprentice or a student or under a rabbi or under a teacher. Now Jesus, when he... When he you know, started his public ministry was about the age of 30. That's when a rabbi or a teacher would, would kind of start teaching and start getting people to follow him. And this would become full on. A lot of the time they would leave home, they would go and travel with their teacher. They would stay under their teacher and learn under their teacher. Now the goal of this student or apprentice to a rabbi was their goal was to become exactly like their teacher. That was the goal. That they would speak the same way, that they would teach the same things, that they would act the same way, that they would do the same things. And really their, their whole life became consumed and devoted to what their rabbi was doing and, and becoming like that. And so as the rabbi lived and taught the, the scriptures 
and the understanding of the scriptures, this student would sit under, he would listen to it, he would watch him, he would, he would try to imitate everything he did. And this was, not everybody made it to this level. It was, it was intense, it was only for the, the best of the best, but it really it would be something that the rabbi or teacher would say to a student who was the best of the best of the best of the best. He would say, would you come and would you follow me? And so in that invitation, the student would come under the rabbi and his teaching and follow him. Now, if you remember in the scriptures, Jesus said that to a few men, the men we read, you know, come and follow me. And so this same principle applies. So from Mark 3, we, we saw that Jesus chose his 12 to be with him and to learn from him. And so as we close here, I want you to think about those things. And as we, in the next few weeks, probably the three weeks, we're going to look at three specific things, okay? And so in this picture of discipleship, in this picture of becoming a student, a follower of Jesus... And in this case, when a student would come under a rabbi or a teacher, when he said, come and follow me, he had three goals. And yes, the goal was to become like him, but we're going to break it up into three things. The first thing was to be with his rabbi or teacher. The second thing was to become like his rabbi and teacher. And the third thing was to do what he did, what his rabbi teacher did. So the first thing was to be with, and we see that here in Mark 3, right? He chose them to be with him. Then two, it was to become like him, to imitate him, to follow his example. And then the third thing, again, we see here, I mean, Jesus said that he would send them out to preach, but that they would themselves be raised up to be a teacher or a rabbi so that they would go and find students and keep the process going. Does that make sense? So as we pray with a little bit of an understanding of what the, the first century discipleship looked like and Jesus really being a rabbi and a teacher, inviting students to come follow him, we want to start to look at what does this look like for us when we are following Jesus today and coming under his teaching through his word, through spending time with him, so that we then can have our lives follow after him and become like him. And so as we, as we go from here and as we close now, the, those three things we're going to look at in the following weeks. Next week, we'll look at what does it mean to be with Jesus? Some of you may wonder, what does that mean? Then we're going to look at what does it mean? How do we become like Jesus? And then the third thing is, how do we do what Jesus does and and we're not going to all become god you know but i mean ultimately like our goal is to become as much like him as we can we will never reach perfection until we are with with jesus um so that's kind of where we're headed so let's pray and then we'll go into small groups um and uh go from there lord we love you and we praise you and i thank you lord just for um just this picture and this example, Lord, just we of, of discipleship. Um, Lord, I pray that you would help us um, as followers of Jesus, as people who have given our life to Jesus, people who are 
considered disciples or followers or students of Jesus, Lord, I pray that we would consider that that's not necessarily just going to look like church on, on Sunday and doing the right thing occasionally and um, spending time with you occasionally, Lord. It needs to be 24-7, everything that we, we do, everything that we say, everything we think, everything that we, we are um, would, would be um, imitated or a reflection of, of who you are and what you have done. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help us to understand those things, to think about these things. And Lord, ultimately, as we go through these next weeks, Lord, help us to apply those things to our lives. And so we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.